everyone, welcome to series one of Behind the Artist podcast with me, Sophie Skelton. I founded Behind the Artist back in March of 2023, interviewing an array of fantastic pioneering artists, giving an insight behind the artist and their work. I am fascinated by learning the process of how one's imagination can transpire into a work of art and become a masterpiece, treasured by society for years to come. As I delve into the personal lives of the artist, I will discover the highs of pursuing their passion as a career and explore the challenges they may endure as an artist in a modern society. Joining me on today's podcast is Oliver Winkneck. Deriving from Buckinghamshire, he works as a full-time portrait and figurative artist. With an incredible eye for detail, his work is featured in many homes, including stately homes in England. And I'm really excited to have him on the podcast today. Hello, Oliver, and how are you today? Hi, Sophie. I'm great. Thank you. I'm great. That's how about great. yourself? I'm good, thank you. What do you find compelling about the human form? Um, I think it allows me to, to meet people. I think if I was just painting inanimate objects, you you would miss out on an awful lot of the stories and the people behind them. I think that for me, it goes way beyond the visual side of things. It's about finding out people's stories, what they do, what their life is, who they live with, and trying to convey some of that onto the actual painting itself. Um, as I say, it goes way beyond just the visuals, really. Yeah, and like when you're doing, say, a commission, for example, um, how do you really get to know your sitter? Like what sort of things do you ask them or um, how do you really capture their personality? It's one of those things that it's pretty essential really for a, for a very strong commission that you, you do meet the person and ideally you meet them in their own home or certainly an environment they're very comfortable in and preferably with people around them that that know them best so that they're as relaxed as possible um i think as soon as you take someone out of out of the um home or out of their kind of comfort zone they're automatically feeling awkward and for me it's, it's nothing more complicated than just having a conversation with people i think i spend an awful lot of time on my own in the studio painting so it's a really lovely thing to get out and actually meet people and find out about them and it is a genuine interest um, so it's just speaking to people really and just just kind of gleaning as much information as you can really and um, of course filtering what is particularly pertinent and um, of course what is just conversational chat really. Is there like some specific aspects of the face that you're particularly drawn to so I know some people love painting the eyes and they find them really interesting is there something that you particularly really interested in painting I think the eyes are something that is so important for everyone I mean I I kind of naturally gravitate towards the eyes as well because I think that's what we look at when we're we're looking at someone I think you can you can do things with someone's mouth and slightly tweak it and it and it doesn't doesn't change too much but if you get their eyes wrong especially things like eye color or eye shape then yeah, of course, you, you've lost that likeness. But um, yeah, I kind of, I do, I don't know, I just enjoy painting the face in general, really. So I don't, I don't kind of have one of those things where I really savour painting the eyes and then the rest just feels like a, feels like a slog. It's all enjoyable um, because you can find that character and that interest anywhere on the face. And the more that someone has a uniqueness to them, then obviously that's, that's even more interesting. 
And how is it um, painting on Portrait Artist of the Year when you'd never actually sort of, you'd not spoken to the sitter that much because obviously you only get four hours to paint them. So how did you cope with that? It was tricky. Um, I think it's one of those things that you feel an added pressure. Um, you're very aware of the fact that they're making a TV programme and you're part of an entertainment programme rather than it being primarily an art programme. Um, you're there as, as part of the cast, really, and you're just as important as the presenter and just as important as the celebrity. And it would be wrong to kind of go in there and think as the artist that you are the most important part of it because at the end of the day there was I think when I did it there was eight other artists so you're one of one of many um but it was it was daunting I think it was one of those things that I don't typically do portraits in four hours and the idea of doing that in a environment that wasn't my studio with changing lighting conditions and obviously interruptions and at that point the public were very much behind you standing there looking over your shoulder so they were talking to you it was yeah, a lot of things that took me out of the the moment, really. Um, so I wouldn't have said it was the most natural environment for me. Um, but having said that, it's something that I would love to do again, um, given the chance. I've applied to it a couple of times, but not been successful. But No, no, I think it, it's really interesting because when you're doing the Portrait Artist of the Year, you have got that added pressure as well of having a public figure as well in front of you because um people perceive public figures in a certain way like they've seen them on say tv whereas if you're painting someone that is say off the street or isn't really well known then they haven't got that initial um image in the head that they're thinking that's going to be conveyed in the picture and it's even i think it's even more kind of um (laughs) effectively you get more of that when you're painting someone who is an actor i think because you're used to seeing them portray roles and you might have never actually really seen the real person. You just see those characters. And we all think that we know the people that are in the films and and TV and even our kind of music icons. We all think that we have an insight into who they are and what they do, but we only see what they want us to see. Or if, if it's an actor, then the character that they're playing. If there was someone that you were wanting to paint, so this could be like anyone who would your dream sitter be um i don't i don't really have a person i think to be honest i think a couple of the people that i would really have loved to have got the chance to paint are no longer with us um but i kind of think it's more of a type of person i think someone who is creative and equally as invested in the the photo shoot as as I am and sort of wants to push me as much as I push them. So somebody who is a fellow creative, whether that be in music, whether that be in theatre, dance, whatever, but just someone who is of that same mindset, who wants to kind of push the boundaries a bit and push the image and and recognise that that can be done with props and clothing and makeup and styling and all those different things. Um, So rather than it being kind of me saying, I would love to paint X, it's I would like my dream client is that kind of person really yeah and I think um I was reading um when I did the interview with you before um that you listen to music as Mm, you paint always so how does that inform the pieces that you're creating um 
it, it sometimes does sometimes it doesn't i kind of on the face of it i will pick music that gets me into a certain mindset and gets me to a comfortable place where i feel happy and i'm i'm happy in the studio and i can enjoy that washing over me it doesn't necessarily need to be music that i know and love it can be completely a new album completely a new artist but it just has to be something that interests me at that particular moment and sometimes I'm putting music on that I've listened to a thousand times because it is like a comfort blanket. It puts you in a position where you just yeah. feel safe, happy, and you're, you're kind of in a really nice headspace. Other times I want to be challenged and it's sometimes even music that I don't particularly have a love for, but it can put you in a, a kind of a mindset that's slightly uncomfortable so that you're not sort of getting too too relaxed and too kind of on autopilot it's good to have that yeah those things that kind of bring you out of the moment I think a little bit yeah um so say um recently so um I don't know if you've been in the studio today or sometime Here now. yeah <laughs> um so what's a what is sort of the main song that you've had on at the moment that you've been listening to while you've been painting? Um, it jumps around all over the place, to be honest. Today, I've been listening to Alt J. I've had on, uh, crikey, I, I, t at the moment, I'm tending to sort of go through musical artists who I'm aware of them and I'm aware of what they do, but I'm trying to sort of listen to songs that aren't the hits and trying to sort of yeah. do a deep dive into a few few people that I really love and that interest me, but I perhaps haven't heard more than, say, their 10, top 10 hits. So it's yeah. great to sort of dive a little bit. And I, I get that luxury because I can just listen to music all day long. So it's, it's a yeah. great luxury that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, and I think um, it, it's a way that music is obviously part of the art. It, it's an art and mm. it's that linking together of painting doing music um and I do think as well it's like in a sense that when you're painting and you've got music going you can sort of um paint to the flow I guess of the music well, and you, you can do that. yeah you can definitely it used to be that years ago if I wanted more energy into my paintings I would put music on that had more energy to it and likewise if I was trying to slow things down get more detailed more precise I would put music on that had the quieter kind of gentler feel to it and that used to automatically put me in those those mindsets but nowadays I can play anything and I can I can do fine detail when there's <laughs> a lot of crazy music going on in the background it's just kind of um I don't know it just it as I say just puts me in that mindset and it stops me being um I think so self-conscious as well I think when you when I don't have the music on it's just me sitting there with the easel in front of me and with a blank um canvas it's quite quite daunting um because no matter how I mean I've been um a full-time artist for over 20 years now but it still still has the element of it feeling daunting. You still get that kind of moment of suspense before those first brushstrokes go in and you get to the point where you start to feel that you're on a roll and there's a rhythm happening. So music is a natural way of kind of encouraging that, really. And do you, um, when you're talking about that and the fact, you know, the sort of dauntingness of it, um, do you ever get into like a creative rut at all with your artwork? Um, no, because... 
I, I can't. There's just no way. It's, it's my full-time job. It's obviously, um, it's what I do. You, you obviously get into those times when very occasionally, maybe once a month, I might have one of those days where it's just not flowing as well as what it should yeah. or like anybody, I'm only human. If I've not slept particularly well or I've got other things happening, you can find those distractions and it can be harder to get into that, um, that rhythm and that flow. But no, I, I don't have a choice. I have to, have to get on with it. And the idea of having a, I think, to be honest, I think if I was going into the studio and I was not working to commission and I was purely having to come up with things off the top of my head and, and decide what I wanted to paint and then go and find those things, whether it be people, whether it be objects or whether it be a scene, then I may have more of those ruts. But the fact that I'm always um, working to commission and always having multiple commissions on the go means that if one painting is giving me a hard time, there's another one in another yeah. part of the studio <laughs> that, that will get my attention. So I can walk away from things and just kind of turn them to the wall, start on something else and, and find that freedom, which is great. I think as well, um, with your commissions, do you um, ever feel like you're restricted to how much you can do and how much creative freedom you have? Or would you say that it's the opposite and you, you do actually have quite a lot of creative freedom? I think it's a bit of both. I think when I take on a commission, I think it's pretty much on my own terms. I won't ever take on a commission if I feel that I'm not going to be, one, happy doing it, and two, um, compromised creatively. I feel like if, it, if it's going to take me too far away from what I do, then, then I mean, crikey, there's, you've only got to look at your website to see how many artists there are. There's, <laughs> there's so much choice out there. If yeah. I'm not the right artist for you and you're wanting to sort of drag me off in different territory that I really shouldn't be going into with my work, then I'll tell you and you can find someone else. But equally, I think I tend to get very invested in, in a commission. When I take something on, that's the point where really it, it explodes for me and, and the kind of all the enthusiasm is there. I get to work with that person and build that relationship, build that trust and obviously start to work on a fantastic image. Um, so I think it's, it's one of those things that, yes, obviously working to commission, you're not always painting the exact person you would want to paint, but at the same time, I find that fascinating. I find the challenge and the, the excitement and the surprise of, of not necessarily knowing who is going to be the next person that commissions you. I think it's just yeah. a wonderful challenge. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. When you're thinking about sort of the people that you're painting, how can we see you in one of your paintings? Like how is your sort of personality or character portrayed in your pictures? Um, I think the things that are important to me when I paint is is getting a, a strong likeness of someone. Um, a boldness of colour. Um, I think my work is fairly contemporary. I think there are nods to classical traditions, but at the same time, it is it is pretty contemporary. And I think you'll often see. It might not be obvious to the to the viewer, but you'll always see things in the paintings that are very special to that person. Whether it be something in the background, whether it be an item of jewellery or even um, an item of clothing, I always work with that. Um, 
with that sitter to ensure that there's something in the painting that ties it to them and is uniquely them. Um, that's really quite important to me. Who've been your like sort of greatest artist influences? I know that um, you sort of mentioned like Jenny Savile as someone that um, like you're inspired by. Uh, who are the other artists that you would say inspire your work and is it the technique or sort of the style of it that you're influenced by? I think it's a bit of everything really because I can sometimes be inspired by an artist and be kind of fascinated by them and and find an energy that that kind of that reflects on me and starts to appear in my work and actually I can I can not be a fan of their work but I think I can be a fan of them I can be I can find an awful lot of interest and equally I can absolutely adore an artist's work and and think that it's essentially incredible on so many levels whether it be technically whether it be um, aesthetic or whether it just be pushing boundaries and I can find that person completely um, detestable so it's kind of it's one of those things that they don't have to they can be mutually exclusive I guess really and I think it's one of those things that I try not to go through life trying to sort of find heroes effectively but I'm always impressed by anybody that can apply paint and do things with it that make you question how they've done it i think effectively we're all using the same materials as artists yeah. and we're all um pretty much using the same techniques um obviously there's there's variety but when you see someone doing something that feels like magic and there's an element of of something there that you just kind of think how have they done that that's that's pretty special it's very odd when they've done that and it's it's like a great chef when you you look at their recipe and you think well that's my recipe that's how I do it but they've done something extra with it and I think it's just that extra level of care and that extra bit of polish at every single stage that can sometimes make a work of art incredible and and just transcends um transcends that so I admire anybody that that does that and um kind of grabs grabs attention yeah and I think would you say as well that um you put a lot of pressure on yourself to create your pieces like are you a perfectionist oh absolutely yeah <laughs> I am uh, the biggest amount of pressure my the clients that I have are lovely um most of the time they are so generous with their with their patience they allow me to create they don't step on my toes artistically they sort of let me create and they're very respectful of my creative process and I'm to be fair I mean I'm pretty good at communicating I will tell people how long a painting is going to take so no one's ever in the dark but um yeah a lot of people are people are just pretty wonderful at just um just obviously allowing me to create and and just produce really you know we are going into this sort of digital world um how do you feel about that in art and because obviously you paint mostly with oils um so do you think you'd ever adapt your process to fit into the digital side of it it's not something I feel I want to for me a lot of the joy I mean effectively obviously digital art has been around for for decades now and I it's something I've tried 
it's it's kind of easier now than ever sorry more accessible now than ever before with obviously ipads and tablets and things like that whereas years ago trying to use obviously a mouse was not exactly the most intuitive way of of drawing um but i've tried it and i i don't like it i i just like the kind of immediacy of pain i like it it's fascinating for me the color mixing the process the fact that it allows you time to think and you're building something up and i like the fact that you kind of live or die by your mistakes it 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 sort of almost feels that if you can just erase things or tweak it or even kind of refer directly to a photo and kind of overlay it then it's it removes some of that i think i'd get quite lazy i think i'd rely <laughs> on rely on the technology a bit i think i like the fact that i'm one of those artists that's not i'm not incredibly naturally talented i have to work at it um and i think if i had a whole suite of tools available to me and digital brushes and all those other different things all the things that i have to control and do if i had all of that at the click of a button i would get lazy yeah and i think um that's the thing as well it's like the when you're painting and especially you know if you're using a brush then it's like people can see their marks that absolutely you made. yeah um yeah. and i think that's something that is interesting if you do go to a gallery because you can be like well you know it's interesting how they've applied this these brush marks to their picture whereas if you're just looking i guess at a piece of digital artwork you're looking at sort of a 2d image really and this and... is why it's so important that people do go to galleries because i think it's it's so easy to only ever see artwork whether it be traditional whether it be digital on a computer screen or on a phone screen and i think there's something so important about going to a gallery and actually being surrounded by a painting and actually sometimes being stunned by the scale of a painting or as you've said the texture or the depth or the realism because unless the photographer who has photographed that painting has gone to absolute pains you can't see the texture you can't see the depth and there's something about seeing it in the flesh that that is so important yeah and i think if there was the gallery that you'd want to exhibit in which one would it be um for me i would i'd be very very happy and feel like i'd achieved a major milestone in my career to have something in the national portrait gallery whether it be as part of the herbert smith freehills award that's obviously upcoming or whether it be purely on merit that they were able to acquire a work of mine that would feel like probably one of the greatest gifts that I'd been given. So that that would be yeah. a huge, a huge bonus. Um, but also the Mao Galleries is, is always a wonderful um, venue. There's obviously some fantastic open calls that they do every year. And to be part of one of those exhibitions with such esteemed company and people that I call friends, other artists that I call friends, um, would be a wonderful thing. But to be honest, I haven't really gone in for too many things um, over the years, but I'm kind of, I am sort of getting to the point where I will do a few more things. In terms of like the future, um, do you have any projects sort of lined up that you're excited for or do you have things that you'd quite like to do in the near future? It's weird because I, I've done so many projects over the years and I've had a couple of 
um, solo shows that have had a real strong theme to them. And it's had an awful lot of research based um, time to sort of think about that and plan those exhibitions. That actually, I'm really quite enjoying this stage at the moment of just having a couple of years just to be in the studio and just to paint. There's something quite freeing about that where you're not having to sort of do too much, too many other other things apart from painting. It feels it feels quite a pure way to work, really. Um, and there will be things. There definitely will be things because sooner or later you get that itch that I think pretty much any artist, no matter what they say, is a big show off. And we all love um, putting on an exhibition that's all about us and has a theme and has a cohesive element to it and obviously is then enjoyable and interesting to the public rather than just being I'm an artist and this is 10 of my paintings to have something that captures people and interests them and, and sort of takes them to a different place that they weren't expecting to go I think is is always a fascinating thing to do um, so yeah so the the kind of slightly egotistical side of me always wants to go back to that project-based thing but I don't have anything that I I am working on or working towards. Obviously you're spending hours with that painting and you're investing all of your time and your energy into it. Do you find it hard to part with the paintings when they go to their owner? <laughs> um, no because that feels like that's part of it um I get asked that a lot to be honest and it's never something I've struggled with I think for me for somebody to have your work on their wall and also commission it in the first place and obviously um choose to choose to pay me to do that it feels like that's the natural conclusion it to use another kind of cooking analogy it would be like a a chef spending hours cooking something and then not letting the diner try it it just feels <laughs> it feels odd no for me that's they once they've kind of finished once the person has the painting they are theirs and also you'd be pretty bad as an artist if you were doing commissions and not letting them uh, not letting <laughs> the paintings go <laughs> yeah i think um like when's the point that you know that it's done like is there a is there sort of a point where you get a feeling you just like, yeah, this is finished now? Yeah, I think you get it. I personally get to a point where I kind of think I, I'm happy with that. Typically with, with a portrait, I will start working on the face and get that to a point that it looks like the person and it has a nice energy about them and it's captured everything I want to show. And then I start working on the rest of the painting and that might be clothing or background or things like that. And then I kind of come back to it and make sure that it's still as strong as I thought it was. And it never is. There's always things that you can improve on. And then you sort of then start to work on it as a whole. And you just you're constantly refining and you're constantly tweaking and you're getting things to the point where you feel that they're as well painted as they can be without getting to the point that you've overdone them. You've kind of you've knocked the knocked the stuffing out of them. They've got to still have that life and, and soul to them um so it's just getting that delicate balance and after all those years you sort of know what that looks and feels like really so yeah you you tend to know when to stop really yeah and I think that that is the problem with them um, painting is the for uh sort of the overworking aspect mm. that can happen um because 
uh, and uh, like painting a face, like one brush mark can change. Oh, definitely change the whole the whole piece. That's Um, the thing. And the smaller the painting is, you've obviously got less room for uh, less margin for error. So as you say, the kind of tiniest little mark can suddenly change someone's expression or be the difference between it looking like them or not looking like them. And yeah, it's, it's all so important, but I think, um, yeah, the idea of the idea of overworking is, is an odd one to me. Cause I think everything I do when I paint is done with a purpose. And I think overworking tends to come from, from artists sort of saying that they kind of wish they'd stopped an hour before or a couple of days before and that's usually because they've kind of taken the painting in a different direction that's different to where it it was it's yeah it's an odd one I think I've always got a plan and I tend to sort of stick to it really what's been your most ambitious painting that you've done would you say um it was about kind of five six years ago I painted a life-sized family portrait for a stately home um and that was i think my largest single painting to date and obviously four four family members in it all life sized and lots of background so that was that was an ambitious painting and it was at a time when i was really really busy i'd said i'm not going to take on any other commissions and then that came in and i couldn't resist it so that was probably <laughs> very ambitious and had a lot of sleepless nights and long days but yeah that was great Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to read more of my interviews, please head to www.behindtheartist.co.uk. Thank you again, and I will see you in the next episode.